that. We've been in a series called Arise and Build, going through the book of Nehemiah. I'm going to invite you, if you can, join me in Nehemiah chapter 2 and verse 14. I'm going to start there, and then we're going to jump over to chapter 4. The Word of God says in the New Living Translation, Then I went to the fountain gate and to the king's pool, but my donkey couldn't get through the rubble. He said, I went, but I, I couldn't get through the rubble. Now, chapter 4 and verse 2. This is the New American Standard Version. It says, and he, and here it's speaking of a detractor named Sambalit, spoke in the presence of his brothers and the wealthy people of Samaria and said, what are these feeble Jews doing? Are they going to restore the temple for themselves? Can they offer sacrifices? Can they finish it in a day? And watch this question. Can they revive the stones from the heaps of rubble, even the burned ones? I want us to look at these texts today, and I believe that God has placed a, a message on my heart to share with you called Out of the Rubble out of the rubble. I'm going to invite you right now to pray with me because I believe God wants to speak today and I need to get this word delivered. I need to get this word out of my heart and into yours. Father, we come before you. We thank you, God, for the presence that we feel in this place. Lord, surely you have come to meet us here and we don't want to miss our blessing. We don't want to miss out on what you're doing we don't want to miss our miracle and i pray today that as the word goes forth god it would fall on good ground as a seed in the soil in our hearts lord anoint the hearing of every person in this place today god no matter where they are at in their faith no matter where they are at in their journey god that this word would touch them and anoint these lips of mine god and put your word in my heart that i may speak it with clearly clearly and boldly in the name of Jesus Christ. Everyone say amen. You may be seated in God's presence. Amen. Out of the rubble, despite having the favor of the king and the support of the people, Nehemiah would still have to face obstacles and opposition in the process of reviving the walls of Jerusalem. In his inaugural expedition of the city, he was met with the grim and engulfing reality of the ruins. Really, nothing could prepare him for the sheer amount of rubble that clogged the gates and filled the city. It was overwhelming to him. Despite hearing about the troubles and the destruction, being there uh, in that zone had such a profound impact on him. It looked and it felt like a war zone because indeed it was. I want you to know that win or lose, rubble is what's left after the battle. It's the mess after the struggle. 
It's the grief after the loss. It's possibly the regret or the consequences after sin. It's the bitterness or the blame after the trial. Rubble is what's left after the battle. And even after hard-fought battles that you win, there is still rubble. It's the time that you cannot get back. It's the changes that you you have to accept or the unfinished business uh, that you have to work through. The rubble is that that remains after you've gone through maybe a, a period of difficulty, a trial, a tribulation, or just any kind of traumatic or heartbreaking troubling an experience, win or lose, whether you felt like you came out on top or that that trial got the best of you, the rubble is what remains. And when people talk generally about or dream about rebuilding and reviving the walls in their life or the walls in their ministry, they tend to underestimate the rubble. The rubble is just not something that we factor in to the uh, steps that we have to take. It's not something that we uh, spend a lot of time maybe thinking about in our vision casting or in our, our imagination and our planning of where it is that we want to go in our life. Uh, we think about the walls, you know. We think about uh, the big stuff. We think about uh, the, um, the, the great things or uh, the wonderful things that, that possibly await. And, and those promises and, and those dreams, those aspirations, those callings that, that God has placed in us, and, and rightly so, that those would be the things that we focus on, those goals and those places that we want to go in our faith. But uh, we don't spend much time, however, thinking about or preparing ourselves for the rubble, the rubble. And this is exactly what happened to the people of Judah. The Bible says in Nehemiah chapter 4 and verse 10, then the people of Judah began to complain. The workers are getting tired, they said. Uh, there is so much rubble to be moved. We will never be able to build the wall by ourselves. As the work commenced there in Jerusalem, the people of Judah, the people of God were coming together and the work had began. And, and so as they started and as they were probably with, with some uh, uh, inspiration, I'm sure that there was a lot of excitement in the beginning over uh, the potential building of this wall, uh, they ran into some hurdles right away. And they realized in this text here, they're, they're practically saying, this is harder than what we thought, this, this whole building of the wall thing. It's harder than we thought. Um, this rubble is not something that uh, we accounted for. It's, it's making it hard. It's making it impossible for us to work effectively on the wall. This, this rubble is, is kind of wearing us out, you know? I mean, we, we, we want to get to the wall. We, we want to get to the big stuff, you know? We want to get to the exciting stuff. We want to get to destiny and promise, and, and we want to see these things. But, but the rubble is in our way, and it's making our jobs hot. It's taking a toll on us. It's taking a toll on our bodies. It's, uh, it's wearing us down, and, and it's causing us to lose morale, morale is at an all-time low right now um, because it's taking longer for us 
to get where we thought we would be. We thought we would be further along in the process than where we are now. We thought we would be at, 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 a, at a further point than we are now, but, but we can't do it. There's just too much rubble. And there was so much rubble there that the people just couldn't get past it. And, and they started losing sight of the wall. They started taking their eyes off the, 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 the dream that God had given them and spending all their time just overwhelmed in and engulfed in and discouraged by the rubble that surrounded the, the, the walls. And, and so they were discouraged when, when they saw that. They, they wanted to build a new wall. They, they wanted it. I believe it in their hearts. They wanted to build this wall, but, but they were buried in old rubble. Let me, let me tell you something. You see that it, it's hard to build the dream when you're still cleaning up the nightmare. It's hard to build a new future, a new path, a new ministry, a new life goal, a family goal when you're in a pile of rubble. And if you're not careful, you can lose out on what God wants to do in your life, not because the dream is not attainable, not because the enemy is too big, but because uh, the rubble is overwhelming. Uh, the amount of work, uh, the amount of toil, the amount of effort and sweat equity that you have to put into Actually getting it done overwhelms most people. It's not the wall that takes people out of the, of the, of the game. It's not the wall that takes people out of, of doing what God has called them to do. Oftentimes, it's the rubble that surrounds them. But the Holy Ghost sent me here today to tell you, to tell somebody, to inject this word into your heart that God is greater than your rubble. I said, God is greater than your rubble. And I've come today with a word of encouragement to tell somebody that if you're staring at rubble in your life and you're wondering how you're going to get past it, how you're going to move on, God has given me a word. God has written a prescription for you today to take into your heart and take home with you. How many of you want to come out of that rubble? How many of you want to see revival and restoration in your heart and in your life? Clap your hands and let's give God some praise today. The first thing you need to do if you're going to come out of the rubble is you need to cancel the lies. Rubble, the rubble became a bigger issue for the people of Judah after a band of detractors plotted against them and sought to confuse them and halt their efforts. Sambalit was the ringleader. He was the loudest and most outspoken of the bunch. He was the one that kind of corralled everyone against the, the people of God and began to speak harshly and critically about what Nehemiah and his countrymen, the Israelites, were doing. And he was very outspoken. He began to scoff at the people of God. And one of the things he said, as I read in my opening text, what are these feeble or these weak or powerless Jews doing? Can they revive the stones from the heaps of rubble? These menacing words magnified an already difficult situation because now on top of the rubble, they've got negative noise in their life telling them you're wasting your time. 
Now they've got negative voices in their life telling them that you could be doing other things and going in other places uh, uh, rather than be in this pile of rubble. The rubble was enough already to deal with it, but now they have these detractors, these opposers that, that are coming around them and trying to talk them out of their, of their vision and talk them out of their, of their future and talk them out of the things of God. And they, and they were telling them among themselves that you're never going to make it. And, and you might as well just throw in the towel. And you might as well just give up because look, at you're wasting your time. You've got nothing but, but rubble. You haven't even got to uh, the, the dream yet. You haven't even got to the revival yet. And all that Sambalad and his gang of followers wanted to do was keep the people of God down and, and smash their faith and, and lower and belittle them and, and just confuse them and distract them from what they were called to do. And as you are trying to rebuild the walls in your life, as you are trying to chase after the things of God and, and after your ministry and after revival and restoration, either for you or for somebody you love, you're going to face the rubble. But on top of that, there's going to be some sambalits. There's going to be some voices. There's going to be some discouragement that tries to come and talk you out of doing what God is telling you to do. And this is what they wanted to do. They wanted to tell them to stop. And the reason why was because Sambalit and his gang of friends were threatened by what these people of God were getting ready to do. My God, can I preach this like I want to today? They were threatened by these men and these women and children about what they were going to build because Sambalit and his little gang, his little posse of, of critics were, were regional supervisors throughout this land of Judah and they had power and they had influence and they had control over the minds of the people through fear and, tact and, and, and controlling tactics. And so what they feared more than anything was that these people would rise up and remove them from their positions of power. And so they tried to stop them. Let me tell you today, the reason why you're facing possible criticism, the reason why you're hearing voices of doubt and fear and confusion is because the devil is terrified of you rising up and taking back what belongs to you as a child of God. And so he tries to discourage us with lies and deceptions and confusions to take us out of the game and distract us and, and they cause us to abandon the thing that God has called you to do. That same spirit of Sambalit is working and alive today. And I have seen this ugly foe distract many people from their callings in Christ. You see the name Sambalit. It means hatred in secret or secret enemy. It means hatred in secret or secret enemy. This is the spirit of Sambalit. It doesn't always announce itself. It doesn't always come barging at you. It doesn't always ambush you. But it works in secret. Hmm. It works behind the scenes. It tries to catch you off guard. It tries to catch you in a moment of weakness. In a, oh my God, in a moment where, where you're not quite at your best. Haven't you ever noticed that when you're already kind of low, here comes 
the devil to come to remind you about where you are. Have you ever noticed uh, when you're already discouraged or when you're already overwhelmed, here come these voices. Tell, it happened to Jesus uh, when he was in the wilderness and he was hungry and he all he probably wanted to do was eat, but he was chasing after the thing of God. And then here comes the enemy to tempt them and say, hey, why don't you turn these stones into bread? It's always at your lowest point. It's always when you're already tired that the enemy comes to discourage you. But I've come today to tell you that God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. I've come to tell you like Nehemiah did when he stood up before the people of God and he said, don't be afraid of the enemy, but remember the Lord who is great and glorious among you. I've come to tell you that your God is greater than every work of the enemy against you. I wish I had a witness in this place today. And we see that that the people of God were discouraged and, and they didn't know what to do. And, 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 and they, had to get, they had to get past these, uh, not just the, 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 all of the, the, the piles of the rubble, but also past the lies, uh, telling them you can't do it and, you, and you'll never amount to it and you'll never go further than where you are now and you'll always be in this position and, you, and you'll never get past this hang-up and you'll always, you're always going to bear this label on your life and you're never going to get out of debt and you're never going to get to where you need to go and you're always going to be come on now we hear these voices in our life trying to keep us down but I got news for the devil you mess with the wrong people today you my God I said you mess with the wrong church you mess with the wrong people because we've got the truth of God inside of us how many of you are thankful for the truth of God? We've got the truth in us, and we can respond to the enemy today, not with our emotions, not with brain power, but with Holy Ghost power, and say, my God is for me, and if God be for me, who can be against me? Somebody give the Lord some praise today. I feel this in my bones. And we got to call the devil a liar because that's what he is. Somebody say amen. He's a liar. And we got to call him what he is. And the only way to cancel a lie, you got to speak the truth. Someone say, speak the truth. That's right. Calling the devil a liar is one thing. But you don't fully cancel a lie until you speak the truth. You got to respond with truth. And Nehemiah did that. As I quoted a moment ago, he stood up in front of the people. He said, don't be afraid of the enemy. Hey, don't be afraid of Remember who your God. Can I tell somebody today, remember who your God is? I said, remember who you're, do you know, remember who you serve? Remember that your God is greater than everything. Remember that your God created the universe and everything in it. Remember that the earth is his footstool. My God. Remember that he is high and lifted up and his train fills the temple. Remember that your God has never lost a battle. My God. Remember that greater is he is in you than he that is in the world. Remember. Oh, my Lord. Remember where he brought you from. How many of you are a testimony today of where God brought you from? Amen? I said, how many of you are a testimony of where he brought you from? Remember. And he's telling the people, don't be afraid. He said, remember that, that, that our God is great. Don't be afraid of the enemy. Don't be afraid of the big bad wolf. Huh? Don't be afraid of him. Because you know what? It's all smoke. 
It's all smoke. It's all lies, smoke and mirrors and deception because he knows that if you ever get a real revelation of who you are, he knows that if you ever unlock the code, if you ever unlock the secret of who you are as a child of God, he'll never be able to stop you. My God, he'll never be able to stop the people of God. So we've got to cancel the lies. From this day forward, I'm not going to hear the enemy anymore. I'm not going to entertain him any longer. Stop talking with the devil. Start rebuking him. I've been talking with the devil all week. I've been fighting. Why are you fighting that guy? He should be under your feet. Huh. You know, back when I was younger, we have testimony service sometimes, and some people would get up, man. You would, man, I, you, you would think the devil was just in charge of their life. The devil this, and the devil, they're just blaming the devil for everything, man, giving the devil all kinds of credit. Sometimes we give the devil more credit than he deserves. The devil don't have the power to do anything unless you give it to him. Oh, my God. Hey, man, y'all don't want to hear about that kind of stuff. Huh? My God, the devil's chasing me all week. The devil wasn't chasing you probably anyways. One of the, one, probably one of his lower... You know, one of the lower devils. But, but here's the thing. That's not really where our battle is. Here comes the rubble. After you cancel the lies, you've got to clear the rubble. Someone say, clear the rubble. Clear the rubble. You see, canceling the lies is the easy part. But clearing the rubble is not so easy. It's not a comfortable process. It's not an overnight process. Clearing the rubble. Someone say the rubble. Can I tell you about clearing the rubble? Clearing the rubble is messy. It's hard. It's tiring. It's tedious at times. Clearing the rubble is humbling. It's inconvenient. You can't rush it. You can't skip it. Can you ignore it? Yeah, but it's still going to be there tomorrow morning. It ain't going away. <laughs> Not going to grow feet and just walk out of your life. <laughs> It'll eventually catch up to you. It'll eventually catch up to you at some point. Not going away. It's hard work. It's tedious. And eventually, you're going to find yourself facing that rubble. You can put it off. Another day, another week, but eventually you're going to have to face and deal with the rubble. And at some point, regardless of how hard you work on that wall, you're going to end up where the people of Judah ended up, with only a partially constructed wall. This is what happened. We read in Nehemiah 4 and verse 6. It says, so we built the wall. They already started building the wall. Everything's going. It, things are moving. And the entire wall was joined together to half. Someone say half. To half its height. So this is what happened. The people that were working, and they were trying to, you know, work their way around the rubble as best they could. I mean, the rubble was there. But I thought, I think they thought they could just kind of work around it, you know, deal with it later down the line. Deal with it at some other point in life. You know, we, we got to get to the wall. You know, this rubble, it'll sort itself out later. This rubble, you know, it'll, it'll get ironed out at some future date. So they started working on the wall. But then the rubble just wouldn't go away. 
The rubble just kept waiting for them like every day. And they were getting tired, and they were getting just, just overwhelmed with it. And then as they were building the wall, they only got to about halfway. And they said, we can't do this anymore. The people of God got to a halfway point in the building of the wall, and then they just wanted to give up. The same thing happens to a lot of people who try to skip past or move beyond the rubble without clearing it out. If you don't take care of business with the rubble in your life and just try to jump into building whatever it is God wants you to build, eventually you won't have much of anything to speak of. Eventually all you'll have is a half-built wall, a half-built ministry. Ah, Come on now. A half-built prayer life. A half-built dream, a half-built goal. And there's a lot of people, unfortunately, today, because they don't deal with the rubble and do the work of the rubble, they've got a lot of half-built walls in their lives. A lot of half, you got a lot of unfinished, unfinished walls. Huh. You got a lot of uncompleted projects. And, and this is a this is for somebody. A wake-up call because you have a habit of starting things you don't finish. Oh, y'all, you want the piano player to come on up now? Hold on, Brother Ricky. I ain't ready for that yet. You got a lot of half-built walls. And then when you get tired, my God. You say, I'm ready. Sign me up. Put me on the team. Put me in, coach. I want in the game. I want some of that. And so God begins to open doors, and you start, but then you leave the rubble there. You leave the rubble of, in your emotions, the rubble of the things that you're not taking care of, and then you just jump right into ministry, and then, and then a, a few months later, you're just burned out. And you're not burned out. Can I help somebody today? Someone say, go ahead. You're not burned out because too much is being expected of you, or, or you're not burned out because the wall is too hard. You're burned out because you're not taking care of the rubble. You blame the devil. The devil didn't know. It ain't the devil. It's the rubble. And until you deal with the rubble, it doesn't matter how, you, how big your vision is, how wide you see it. Oh, God's going to use me. God's going to take me there. God's going to do this. God, and, and, but you still got rubble. And so we sign up January. Everyone loves January, right? Because it's like New Year's resolutions. Huh? This year's my year. Huh? I'm going to, 2024, I'm going to get more. And all these other things. I don't know. I made that up right now. I want more in 2024. You want more, and what have you done with the last? Because it's January, and already by March, it's like, oh, I don't know if I can do this anymore, Pastor. Well, what is it? Is it the wall, or is it the rubble? Oh, my Lord. Help me. Hey, help me today, Holy Ghost. <laughs> You see, dealing with the devil is one thing, but dealing with the rubble is another. You can resist the devil, and what's the Bible say? He's got to flee, right? Resist the devil, and he will flee. You can rebuke him, but can I tell you something? You cannot rebuke the rubble. You can wake up every morning and say, rubble, I rebuke you, and guess what? That rubble's going to be there tomorrow morning, the next day. You can't rebuke your way out of the rubble. You've got to deal with the rubble. And I'm going to give you some examples of what that rubble might be. I mm, go, this is going to be good. But how do you deal with the rubble? Someone say, how? how? Mm -hmm. You've got to deal with it, first of all, one stone at a time, one day at a time, one decision at a time. I gave, I gave somebody anxiety right now when I said that. 
They're like, wait a minute, I thought you were just going to lay hands on me and all the rubble was going to be gone. No. I can lay hands on you to encourage you to go back home and deal with that rubble. And you can do, what did Paul say? I can do all things. If the rubble is what's left after the battle, after a difficult season, or after a trial, after just a, a period that tested you, or just a hard time, okay, if that's what the rubble is, if it's what's left after a battle, then what does clearing the rubble look like for you today? Let me give you some examples of what this is, because lest you think I'm just talking in, you know, just vague terms. What does the rubble look like? Let me give you some examples. The rubble is, and maybe it's, maybe it's getting counseling. See, I just lost you right there. One session at a time. Some people don't want counseling. They, 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 just, just give me 15 minutes. And they think 15 minutes is just going to like, you know, solve it. Maybe you need counseling. Say, yeah, but, that, but then I got to commit to that. And then I got to meet like every other week. And then I gotta... Some of us have given up on those things. And we're wondering why we can't finish the wall. Get back to the rubble. I'm going to say amen. Maybe it's climbing out of debt. How do you climb out of debt? One bill at a time. I'm waiting, on, I'm waiting to hit the lotto, man. If I hit the lotto, I'm going to pay off all my debts. Woo! Praise God. Don't forget to tithe, though, amen? That's it. I'm going to win the lotto. Can I tell you? You ain't going to win the lotto. It'd be nice to just one check, just get rid of all the debt and all that. Hey, 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 hey that'd be nice. But the reality is, one payment at a time. Say, do I buy this or do I pay off that? Uh-oh. See, people don't shout. No one runs the aisles over this. But you know what? I'm tired of seeing people get caught up in the rubble, and it's the rubble that keeps them from doing the work of God. Because instead of being more available for the things of God, they're having to work double and triple time to pay off debts and pay off the car they can't afford and the boat they can't afford. You don't even live near a lake and you got a boat. I don't want to hear this. Maybe it's sticking. Maybe the, maybe the rubble is sticking to a health and fitness plan. Praise God. How do I do that? One day at a time. One meal at a time. One visit to the gym at a time. Everyone's posting selfies at the gym in January, but then by March, it's like, oh, man. I don't know. That's not my calling in life. How many of you believe this is the temple of the Holy Ghost? I don't mean me. I mean all of us. Huh? Amen. This is God's space. God only gave us one body. I think we should take care of it. Amen. Amen. Well, we got to get healthy. How do you do that? Uh, yeah, one day at a time. And if you commit to it one day at a time, what's going to happen? You start clearing the rubble. And then you get your health back. And now your health is not in your way of giving more to the things of God. I know men, and I say this with all due respect, whose ministries, whose destinies were cut short, and I say this respectfully, but because they didn't take care of this body. I say that respectfully because I, I don't want anyone to think I'm putting them down, but the truth is, you know, we are the product of what we put in, not just spiritually, but physically in every regard. Maybe the rubble is, is, is seeking more accountability in your life. How do I seek more accountability? One check-in at a time. You're checking in even when you don't have to check in. You're just checking in. 
just to let you know I'm being more accountable. Hmm, my Lord. One check-in at a time. Hmm. I got a few more for you. Is that all right? Can I, get, can I give you a few more today? <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. We want to wrap this up. Listen, there's a few more things. I'm trying to give you some real-life examples of how we clear the rubble. Because these are the things that, they're not exciting. Like, nobody gets too excited about this stuff. But I'm trying to help somebody so we can build the wall. Amen. Maybe it's working with difficult people. How do I clear the rubble of difficult people? Well, probably one conflict at a time. Wouldn't it be nice, God, just to remove all the difficult people in your life? Just show up on Monday morning and there's no difficult people. But then I wonder if we would be there. Uh-oh. Now, we never, we never think we're the ones, right? It's always other people. But how do I deal with these work? How do I deal with them? How about one conversation at a time? How about one day at a time? How about just say, you know, maybe God is leaving that person in your life to teach you patience. I want to be more like Jesus. Be careful what you ask for. I want to I wanna be Christ-like. Be careful what you ask for. Why? Because God's going to put some people that are going to sharpen you. God's going to put some sandpaper to smooth the edges out in your life. And sandpaper don't feel very good. But that's how we remove the rubble. Mm, someone say amen. It could, G, it could be just grinding like, like Samson was after a dark period in his life where, where, where he lost his hair and now he's grinding. It could be just grinding in a dark place, uh, in a strange place uh, where you know, I know there's more for me than what I'm doing. And here I am in this remedial task. Here I am, uh, uh, you know, working uh, below what I'm worth. Here I am not getting the attention I deserve, but I'm just going to keep working and working and proving myself. And then God says, when you clear the rubble, of your pride. When you clear the rubble, then you're ready for more. And this is where people usually get, I'm almost, uh, this is where people usually give up. But can I tell you today that the rubble is not your enemy? The rubble is your friend. Because it's the rubble that's going to teach you endurance. It's the rubble that's going to, my God, it's the rubble that's going to teach you forgiveness. It's the rubble that's going to teach you discipline. It's the rubble that's going to, my God, it's going to, it's the rubble that's going to cause you to grow up. It's the rubble that's going to mature your faith. It's the rubble that's going to develop you. It's the rubble that's going to train you and mold you to being the kind of person that finishes the wall. It's the rubble in our life. And so God is saying, if you want to make a full comeback this year. If you want this to be your comeback year in some area of your life, then there is some rubble. There, that, that, there may be some stones that need to be moved out of your life. There's some work that's got to be done. But if you will commit today to say, I'm willing to put in the work. I'm willing to do what it takes. I'm willing. Then God says, if you will deal with that, I will give you the mental, spiritual, and physical fortitude to get it done. You're not in this by yourself. Hallelujah, somebody. You're not in this all by yourself. Why? Because he promised never to leave us nor forsake us. He promised I will be with you even to the end of the age. I've got good news for you today. If you're willing to clear the rubble, God will bring you out of that rubble. God will bring you out of where you are and place you in a whole new destiny. I've got news for you today. Your destiny is not to stay in the rubble for the rest of your life. Your destiny is to rise up and build. Someone say arise. Come on, somebody say arise. Someone say build. Arise and build. This is what God has called us to do. Each and every one of us. 
is to arise and build. Arise and build. And here's the thing. This, this, this no good character, Sambalit, in his questioning of the people of God, his own words were turned against him. Because he asked the question, can they revive the stones? It was a devious question, but a question that needed an answer nonetheless. Can they revive the stones? And the only way to answer this question is to continue to build. As they cleared the rubble, Nehemiah, we read in Nehemiah 4.15, it says, Now when our enemies heard that it was known to us uh, that God, because this is what God will do, he had frustrated their plan. <laughs> Hallelujah. Then all of us returned to the wall, hmm. and each one to his work. Uh, we began to deal with the rubble. We started clearing the rubble, and then we got back to work. But the question today is, how did the people do it? What materials did they use to build the wall? Get the other mic ready for me, brother. What did they do to restore these walls? Hallelujah. Let me show you a picture of what they did. Because Nehemiah, with all that rubble, someone say the rubble. Say it again. Say the rubble. Remember I told you the rubble is not your enemy. The rubble is your friend. I'm going to tell you how the rubble is your friend. Because Nehemiah did not tell the people, throw the rubble away. He didn't say the rubble was trash. He, they cleared the rubble. They didn't throw away the rubble. You know why? Because even the rubble had value. You know how they were going to rebuild that wall that was around Jerusalem? With the rubble. Where do you think they got the stones to rebuild the wall? Hmm. They did this project, you know how long it took them? Like 52 or 54 days, and they were done. They didn't have time to go to a mountain and cut stone from a quarry. They used the very same rubble that was there. My God. Let me share this story with you right here. After World War II, Warsaw, Poland, was almost completely demolished. 85% of the city's historic center was in ruins. It was decimated. The buildings were brought down. And along with that, the spirits of the people, their morale, and their hopes. So the residents of Warsaw immediately got to work clearing the rubble and starting to rebuild their city. And it's interesting because they didn't have any blueprints of these buildings. So you know what they did? They took old paintings, famous paintings of their city as blueprints. Whew. And they started a rebuilding. By 1955, most of Warsaw's old town was rebuilt. But construction lasted well into the 80s. Today, Warsaw is a thriving city with a story to tell within its walls. That's because the rubble, the same stones and fragments that were left over from the war-torn city was reused to rebuild the structures again. 
The same fragments from the original buildings that were blown apart by the enemy were the same stones that they put back into the buildings to rebuild the wall. The same thing happened in Jerusalem and the same thing is happening today. Mm, my God. Oh, I wish I had a witness here this afternoon. God is taking what you think is damaged, what you think is unusable, what you think is broken. God will take that and redeem it for his glory. Would you stand with me this afternoon? God will take what do you think has no value? What you think is worthless? What you think is damaged? What you think is too far gone? God will take those very things to rebuild and redeem for his glory. You see, God specializes. He turns tragedies into trophies. He turns, oh, he turns ashes into beauty. He turns mourning into dancing. He turns mistakes into miracles. He turns what's left into something glorious. I've come to encourage somebody here today. I've come to tell somebody here this afternoon that you can come out of the rubble, the rubble of your past, the rubble of what's broken. If you will simply put your hands to the work, if you will simply do your part today, God will raise you up.